about one of the things that we say over and over again in the spiritual journey and the practice of yoga in its expanded form, not just the physical asanas, is that we're yoking and bringing together body, mind, spirit, and connecting that, that fullness with the divine. That's the process and the journey of yoga. Um, and in that, we tend to lump body, mind, spirit. We're this entity that is all of those aspects, which is indeed true. However, I think that we could agree that the body mind are really one entity that works together that reflects and information goes back and forth between the two and the story of who we are comes through our physicality and through our mental constructs around that and then the spirit soul sits over here somewhere and they really are operating experientially in a different realm um the physical body mind duo is relational. The way that we have an experience of body-mind is through our reference point of what's outside of us or from a physical standpoint, what's happening to us in our body. But it's all against the framework of and the reference point of what's outside of us. So it's a comparison. And that comparison sets up the mental construct for are we as healthy? Are we moving as quickly? Are we doing it the right way? We look at our experience in relationship to what we see externally. And the experience of self is not a relational experience. It's only about us. It's about what is happening to us outside the construct that we can use as comparison. It's a really difficult journey to get to because it's more ethereal self is not in reflection of other self is self alone how do we penetrate to this entity of self when we're not using the construct of a reference point to be able to give location of what does it mean to be self what is that nature um, of self and i want to talk a little bit about that today because until we step into both the fullness of body-mind entity portion and then self as a separate entity, we can't really integrate them. We have to experience them separately so that we know what we're weaving together. And if we use body-mind, which is the most accessible experience we have in this incarnation, in this embodiment, as our witness to self, we're losing or missing the experience of self. And all of the divine download that comes to us in terms of our intuition and our wisdom and our knowingness comes through the self. The memory that's held in our body, which is held from um, you know, trauma and from joy and from all the experiences that we have is a memory. And memory is trapped in time. Memory is not eternal. It's trapped in a certain time that it happened and then we recall it and we reframe it. it. If we stay in a time construct, we are not able to be in the eternal construct of the soul, which is ultimately how we will experience self is in our eternal nature. So we have to train ourselves to be in both 
It's the integration of being in body, mind, spirit. It's not body, spirit as one side and body, mind as another. It's all three being integrated together. But we're asking for timelessness and time-bound experiences to come together, which is a paradox. It's a paradox. It requires a certain surrender and relinquishment of the paradigms that we use to give context to our lives. We have to break down those paradigms and those stories that keep us trapped in the way we separate things. And it's natural. This is how our mind sorts. Our mind hears information, takes in information and catalogs it. And it wants it in a certain place as a memory, but memory is time bound and our soul is boundless. So we're talking about two different relative experiences. The qualities between what happens in our body mind is different than the qualities that are happening in our spirit journey. So there's a language about our spirit journey. Our spirit journey is, is journeying with a language that is not the same language that we use to explain our body mind experience. So we have to learn a new language. And the language is, it isn't concrete. It isn't, you know, when we talk about Sanskrit and the tone of Sanskrit being the information that you get and the benefit and the communication is based on this frequency of sound, not the actual words. But we're used to using words to define that which we want to have as an explanation of what we're witnessing or we're experiencing. And the eternal wants the language to not be word bound because that's limited. And so we have to practice in our experience of this fullness of being, we have to practice getting out of body mind construct so that we can experience and understand and witness our soul eternal boundless unbounded state. And then we can integrate that. And what comes out of that is the seamless movement between we're here in a body, we're having beautiful experiences that are body bound. That's not a negativity, it's a reality. But if we limit ourselves to that experience, then we are not allowing the fullness and the movement between the et our eternal nature and our physical bound nature. We're both. And so today I want to just talk a little bit about how we might do that, how we might spend our attention and intention in the arena of experiencing and having this boundlessness be part of our movement every day. Having an experience of self is, well, I one of the things that I would like to share is a practice that Osho Rajneesh um, in one of his teachings had shared and it's about looking at our journey as a double-ended arrow. There's a point on two ends of this arrow. And one, one end is penetrating the physical world that we are living in and moving through. And the other end is penetrating and piercing the eternal nature of our soul. And that every experience we have can be doing both. If we take it to that level, if we allow our experience to deepen into something more than just the physicality or the mental construct of it. 
it's a little bit ethereal. It's a little bit uncharted for us, but it's a language. If we use the language of intuition, the language of um, the knowingness, just a, a sense of wisdom that's coming up and percolating through you. If we use the wisdom of um, maybe um, like a, it's like the heart center, the unstruck chord, the unstruck sound, there's a sound and a note that comes that isn't part of our language, but is coming through our life. If we start to listen, through that language of eternity, the quality and the language of eternity that is inspiring, that when you have an inspiration that comes through you, that you really don't know where it came from and you go, oh, wow, that really pierces and touches my heart. That's our unbounded, our eternal nature. It's the love nature. When we talk about love untainted by rules and requirements and the language that we give to it, where it has to look a certain way, that love that we experience as this openness, unboundedness is another piece of the language of our eternal nature. It's a miracle. It's the miracle of how we are in the world is this unspoken piece of us that is self. That's our miracle. How our body and our, our mental constructs play out within that very individual and very, um, responsive to what has happened as our history. Whatever experiences we've had, we gather all of those and that's what we hold in this physical body. But our unbounded eternal nature is not holding that as a construct. It has a different truth to who we are. And if I ask you, who are you? Write down the qualities of who you are. Most of us will write down relationships, what we do into the world. We might write down that we are patience or love or one of these things, but generally we define ourselves in the relationships and in what we offer into the world, that we don't even have a language to explain what our spirit, soul, essence is. We don't even know how to write that down, how we even give words to that. So this miracle of expression that is self is this ethereal, very unscripted experience that we're having, but it's our destination on this road that we have this spiritual journey. The destination is this unbounded, uncontainable sense of abandon that is our self, our eternal nature. That's our, that's our destination. People say, oh, it's the journey. It's not the destination. In this case, this is a destination because once we step into that, we have to have it to call upon in every experience we have. We don't separate it from. So it's the space where bliss and um, Ananda, where bliss shows up for us most frequently. So most of us have an experience of bliss or um, of this eternal nature that comes and goes in moments that might be related to something really beautiful happening in your life or something that's community oriented where you see and feel that you're part of the whole and you have a moment, a momentary experience of this bliss that happens, but we A, can't script it, we can't control it, and the length of it, it comes and it goes, and we just tap into it for a very brief amount of time, and we try to stream those together as part of our human experience. But the truth is the place of our eternal nature, which holds this bliss and holds this joyfulness 
can be stepped into anytime. Once we learn the path, and once we learn how to bring the alignment, to bring our mental story and our physical experience into alignment with our eternal nature, then that experience is very seamless. We move in and out of it. We don't have to have an external stimulus in order for us to experience joy. It's not predicated on certain criteria in our life in order for us to step into it. It becomes the nature that we can pierce anytime we want. It already is there. It's just that our access to it is shrouded. It's shrouded in story. It's shrouded in past trauma. It's shrouded in all sorts of um, ways that we believe we are in the world, that we don't believe that we have an eternal nature that we can walk in and out of anytime we want, but we can. But we have to practice certain ways of diminishing the power and the strength of our body-mind experience, which City's going to work with us today in the remainder of our time together as a really beautiful practice to start decreasing the value and the um, presence of body-mind and increasing the presence of this, this stillness, this spaciousness, which is the eternal nature. This is why we talk about having stillness and meditative nature allows you to have that openness because in that emptiness, the eternal nature starts being um, within our grasp. It isn't in our grasp in the busyness of our mind, but our mind has great reasons to be participating in our journey. Our mind is useful. Our body is necessary. These are not like making an hierarchy of what's more important and what's less important. It's about holding each of these qualities in their appropriate relationship and that they need to be working together and woven together in a beautiful braid rather than separating them out or allowing and having one experience be the primary one in our life. We want to be able to walk in and out seamlessly of our eternal nature and to know it so intimately that it doesn't have to be something we are grasping for or trying to dig into, that it's just the ease within us that we recognize and know that piece of ourselves. It's the uncontainable, unbounded, unexpressible self that holds the fullness of joy and bliss. And we should be in and out of that all the time, ladies. There should not be a moment when we're waiting for someone or something to give us permission to enter into that. That should be a door that we've practiced opening and closing so that we can be seamlessly walking in and out of it. It's a place of the permanency of joy and bliss. That's where they reside, is in spaciousness and stillness and the eternal nature that we are naturally. We don't have to become. There's no becoming here. There's no, I'm going to work towards and something's going to be, I'm going to become something that is more uh, unbounded. You are already that. It's just opening the door to recognizing it, to experiencing it, because story and mind and body give us a construct that keeps us from having that experience. So today I'm going to let City take over because she's going to give us a beautiful practice that is part of um, Osho and Rajneesh's practices where he very ardently and uh, adeptly talks about and gives an experience of having the fullness of this eternal nature experience, how to diminish the mind-body craziness. So 